Hey, this is Sherry Harmel. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to join the VIP waitlist for my new book, Designing Your Fabulous Next Chapter. Just like the show, this workbook and journal will help you overcome the challenges on your journey to finding your joie de vivre. Go to www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com to sign up now. What are the clues that you're having a midlife crisis? Well, the biggest is that you're feeling dissatisfied with just about every aspect of your life and you want to make changes. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Sherry Harmel. Let's dive in and talk about midlife crises. Now, I use this word midlife crises, but it can happen truly at any time in your life, regardless of whether or not you're actually in midlife. We don't even know when that is, right? It's a broad description of what can happen with your when you find yourself struggling with a big event in your life. Triggers might be a major birthday, the ending of a career. It might be when you drop your last child off at college and you're looking at an empty nest. The ending of a marriage is another big trigger. Whatever it is that you know might put you in that crisis mode and causes you basically to struggle with everything in your life, you kind of brush that same dissatisfaction over everything. You're dissatisfied, as I call it, with a whole lot of it. A clue that you're in a midlife crisis mode is that you're dealing with contradictory feelings and emotions. For example, you're feeling sad that your corporate career has come to an end but it was your choice. You're feeling lonely and depressed, yet you were the one who filed for divorce. You know, you might be thinking, I'm excited to have the house to myself, and yet I'm feeling such a loss as my last child moves out of the house. These contradictions can go on and on. And if you dive deep into what it is that you're feeling underneath that dissatisfaction, underneath that midlife crisis, the emotion is fear. Fear of what's next, fear of sickness, even death, fear of being alone, fear of who you are if you're not that. Those fears are underneath the number one midlife crisis, trigger, I call it, which is a major birthday. And just the other day, I was having breakfast with a woman who shared that she had recently turned 70 and was really struggling with that birthday, which shocked her because she had never struggled with any previous milestone birthday. But what's going on with birthdays? Those major birthday crises can, you know, truly make us focus on the fact that there is often less time ahead of us than there is behind us. It can also be that you think about, you know, that particular birthday causes you to think about how you didn't take advantage of all the opportunities that were presented to you over your lifetime. Now, at midlife, what's different about midlife that doesn't really happen in our 30s and even our 40s is that we don't so much compare ourselves to other people at our age. What we compare ourselves to is what we might have been. Yeah, that's so unfair 
to do to yourself because there's no control group, right? There's no, you have no idea what you might have been and how it would have all turned out. And yet that's what we do. I do it. How do you know truly what your life would have been like, what it would look like today if you had taken a different career path, if you had married a different person or not gotten married? We don't know, but it's super easy to do. And a birthday is still the biggest midlife career trigger. Hitting that age milestone you know, where you have to check a different age box on the forms, creates fear that is fueled by this idea of what I could have done, if only. (laughs) And that is surely a glass half-empty outlook, focusing on what you don't have, what you missed, what you didn't accomplish, what you won't accomplish, glass is half full. So let's flip that outlook to the glasses half full and celebrate what you have accomplished, what you have experienced, what you have lived through and survived. I start every year's, you know, resolutions plan for the the upcoming year. And we're almost to that point again. I start that particular exercise with kind of going through all of the accomplishments that I've achieved over the prior year. Well, what if we made that a part of our birthday celebrations and we actually list out everything that we have accomplished, you know, since our last birthday, since our last decade, if we want to call it that. It's hard, though. I know it. I get that. And I have to do the work on myself all the time whether I'm approaching a major birthday or not. It's really easy to go into that glasses have half empty mindset. I do it by reminding myself, and I hope this helps you too, to be grateful. In my grandmother's time, your grandmothers, your mothers, great grandmothers, whatever, there really wasn't a f- the phrase a midlife crisis. People didn't live long enough for a midlife crisis, honestly. And what I tell myself is that if I am so lucky that I get the luxury of wondering if I'm having a midlife crisis, why not be more intentional as I plan out what my next chapter is going to look like rather than worrying about my age, worrying about my wrinkles, worrying about how am I going to cope with an empty nest? How do I manage adult children? Do they really care? My lack of a career, my lack of a partner. All while, as I spend all my time thinking about all those things, the clock is still ticking, right? You're just thinking about things and that's how you're choosing to spend your time. Why not look at that next chapter in your life with a more intentional pair of glasses on? Planning and imagining what your next five years or the next decade could be like, I promise you will take you completely out of the fear that is underneath every midlife crisis. We all know that we have no control over when we're called to the pearly gates, but what we can do, what we are in control of, is how we live today, tomorrow, and the years that follow. So focus on what is in your control and let go of those negative possibilities that might or might not happen. Catch yourself. 
And it's and now that I say that, I bet you will be doing it and you will notice when you're going down that path of fear and anxiety. Another midlife crisis trigger is when your professional career comes to an end, even if it was your choice. In America, we more often than not define ourselves by our jobs. And when the job ends, we have to find a new way to describe and even define ourselves. But isn't that a good thing? Were you really only definable by the job you had? I personally know one CEO who has been retired for many years now. And within five minutes of meeting someone, he has to share that he used to be a CEO of a company. I find that sad. He hasn't created a present life that he feels is more interesting or more impressive to people than what he used to do. Life today for all of us over 45, truly, can be incredibly interesting and even blessed. Not only have we experienced that luxury of a midlife crisis, (laughs) if we're having one, but the extra time we've been given means that we can have several careers in, in our lifetime. You might be the last generation of workers who stay in one industry or one company throughout their career. So it's now time to give yourself permission to create a next chapter that might include something very, very different. Yes, you have to let yourself mourn the ending of a professional career, especially if you loved it, but open yourself up to another idea, maybe something completely different from what you previously did. Was there something that you always wanted to try but didn't? You didn't have the the time, the money, the energy. Well, now you do. I've had multiple careers in my lifetime, and most of them truly don't sound at all related. But I loved all of them, from stockbroker to teacher, from coach, career coach to magazine publisher. In each pivot, I have brought all of my accumulated skills into my next idea, So ask yourself, how can you use all those incredible skills and contacts that you gained during those years of your last career and do add stay-at-home mother to this list and create something interesting and fun in your next chapter? You don't shut off those skills, those those particular um, I, I, I guess I do want to say skills and contacts that you gathered throughout that long career. You don't cut that off when you leave whatever that was. You take it with you. So let's think about that. I know people who have left corporate jobs and now head up organizations or the operations, I should say, of their churches, number of them. Others are now major fundraisers for causes and organizations that they believe in. One of the most beautiful stories um, was in one of the Extraordinary Women magazine issues. I interviewed Belinda Gray from Surrey, England. Belinda had been a nurse, so she had gone through some transitions. She had been a nurse, and then she transitioned into just this gardening maven. You know, she had classes, and she was designing gardens, um, and then she got breast cancer. And... What was so interesting to me is that Belinda 
once she got healed, once she was able to feel healthy and strong enough, because what was going through her mind the entire time through that treatment is how can I take this experience and create something fantastic out of it? It wasn't all for naught, as she said to me. Belinda founded an organization called Art for Cure, which has become a major nonprofit in breast cancer treatment and research in the UK. It, it, it's an, an incredible story of taking what your experiences were and turning it into something that feels you, something that, you know, has you saying, I'm going to make a difference in the years that I have left. You have so many options. So let's all be excited, be interested, be curious. That's one of my most beloved qualities. What could be next for you? How would you like to answer the question, what do you do at your next meet and greet? Another major midlife crisis trigger can be an empty nest. Much like the previous discussion of how you defined yourself via, you know, your corporate job or your professional career, same thing happens with mothers. But you'll always be a mother, except now you're a mother of an adult child versus raising that child. And that, my friends, is a very different role. I have found that being a parent of adult children actually requires a complete different and almost opposite skill set from raising young children. Not many people talk about this, but that transition can be really hard. With adult children, we're no longer, you know, teaching by talking. In other words, we have to keep our opinions to ourselves. And even if asked, take a more suggestive role rather than a definitive role. Now, that was hard for me to learn. I'm a very direct person, and I was no different as a mother. But if I kept up that directness with all my adult children, they'd never talk to me, truly. So we have to learn to pull back our opinions a bit. Keeping our opinions to ourselves is hard, and mostly because we love our kids and we want them to avoid anything that could become a challenge for them or even hurtful for them. We learn so much from our own mistakes in life. And as much as we want to share what we learned, our children will learn exactly the same way. That's part of being human. I have to remind myself of this all the time. We're coming into also, this is another area and it has to do with empty nests, but we're coming into that holiday season and holidays when you have adult children, will change. New boyfriends or girlfriends are present, which changes the family dynamics. Sometimes kids split holidays between your home or your family and your part, their partner's family. You might now have to travel for the holidays. You might have to go to them, which makes you wonder about the extent of your decorations back at your home. It's all change. And I know it's easy to yearn for those past holidays, but I heard a phrase years ago from a man who was speaking about his past career, and I think it applies so perfectly here. He said, the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> now that phrase always makes me laugh because it's so true, right? 
And that might be the beauty of human memories. But maybe, just maybe, those holidays that you are remembering as perfect weren't all that perfect. <laughs> in midlife, you'll be welcoming in new holiday rituals. They'll be different for sure, but they can be just as enjoyable and loving. No need to be sad, no need to be in a crisis. As for the empty house, all I can say is you're going to love it. The peace and quiet you cherish or you learn to cherish will become even more important to you when you have grandkids. I'll say no more on that topic. <laughs> Another midlife crisis trigger is the ending of a relationship, especially a long-term marriage. Women initiate over 70% of divorces. That number shocks me. And that's especially true for women over age 50. But dealing with the reality of not being married can be hard. A divorce, honestly, can either have you buying short skirts and dancing on tables or hiding out in your house, swearing off romance forever. I've been divorced now for almost 10 years, and I've gone through so many different stages of emotions about my lack of a partner and my interest in finding someone new. Just embrace that, ladies, and know that your emotions will change. It'll be like mini chapters within your next chapter. None of the feelings you are having today will last forever. So just be kind to yourself. Give yourself time and do your work. More important, again, do take control of what you can. Prepare yourself to have a happy life. And that means you need to do your work. Now, what do I mean by doing your work? Well, let's talk about what not doing your work looks like. The stereotypical man who gets a divorce, dyes his hair, has plastic surgery, buys a sports car, and dates women more than half his age. That's the epitome of someone who hasn't done their work. So do your work. Explore what happened in the relationship, how you contributed in the relationship, pluses and minuses, the mistakes you made, the choices you made. By doing your own work, you'll be ready to meet someone who has also done their work and ready to be a good partner. Spend the time you need to get to know yourself rather than trying to become what you think would attract just the right person. And what is that just the right person? I've had several recent podcast shows where we discuss topics all around this. Um, one was specifically, what do men want? And it was an interview with a man, actually. Another was writing online profiles. What I heard over and over is that finding the right person today probably is a person who's not going to at all look like the person you were previously married to, the person that you were attracted to when you were in your 20s or your 30s, even your 40s. So today... We've talked about clues that you're in a midlife crisis, and we've talked about many of the triggers. I've learned that busting through a midlife crisis or those feelings is really about challenging your beliefs. Challenging the beliefs are what is actually triggering the midlife crisis. So ask yourself, what does being older really mean? 
Does it really matter if I'm checking a box that's different from the one I checked yesterday? How do you define yourself now without the job, without actively raising kids? Who are you beyond the roles that you've previously had? What kind of person would you love to spend the rest of your life with? And if that doesn't happen, you don't find that person, how do you create a happy life, a happy, joy-filled life, as so many single women do? Challenging the beliefs you hold around whatever is triggering you to have a midlife crisis is the way to move forward. Instead of asking yourself, what could you have been if you have maybe made, if you had made different choices or different decisions, why not ask, what could possibly be next? What do I really want in my next chapter? And how do I make that happen? I can't wait to hear your answers. And I want to thank you for your time today. And I encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already done so and comment if anything in this conversation spoke to you. I love hearing from you. Abiento.